It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Folks, before we continue the podcast, we're going to start on a bit of a sad note this week. I just want us to take a moment of silence for the Boston Bruins season ending. They will be missed. Ha! <laughs> Rip Bozo, get out of here. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Track in the Storm podcast. We are your gracious co-host, Brandon, Matt, who's now married. Congratulations, buddy. And Alex. So, yeah. On to the second round we go. We have dumped all over the heads of the Boston Bruins. We, meaning the Hurricanes. Um, dude, I see. I feel like I haven't done this in a while. See, last week we weren't here. Matt was doing it by himself. And, I, you know, I, and I was on the radio this week, which I don't know. We probably don't have time to really talk about that tonight. It's probably going to be kind of a shorter episode because Alex has a bunch of shit he's got to do, and I actually have. I'm gonna air to me go. like that, eh? Yeah. Well, I'm, well, I was going to say I actually have to go. Uh, I'm recording something for the hockey writers tonight as well. On a, on a I was different. Say, I think we all have a lot to do tonight. Yeah, it's just it's just a busy night. So there's a lot of stuff that we would like to talk about, probably that we're not really going to get to. But anyway, we're getting back into the swing of actually having all three of us on the podcast again. This is rarer than a blood moon eclipse. Until next. You guys see that? That was actually pretty cool. Probably. For the first half of next week, at least. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was. Page Twitter turned into moon Twitter for a while. It was actually, you know, kind of of calming. Yeah, and I also realized, like, iPhone has this, like, I mean, I guess it's just, like, night mode setting or whatever, but it's really, really cool looking. I posted a picture of it, and, uh, I didn't know your iPhone could do that, where it's like, it really saturated the colors or something. I don't know. Anyway, we, <laughs> we're already killing time that we don't really have, so <laughs> we'll, we'll move on to some actual content. Obviously, uh, we I should have this podcast out before game one. Uh, that is tomorrow, as we are recording on Tuesday night this week, so I'm going to try to do my best to make sure we get this out. Um, actually, you know, early in the week for once. You know, that's not normally our forte, but uh, we are obviously looking editor. <laughs> we are obviously we need to start paying somebody to edit but anyway we are obviously looking ahead to the new york rangers but first before we do that we didn't really get a chance to talk about the Bruins series too much while it was going on so we're gonna start there um what were some of the biggest takeaways for you guys um I, you know i there was lots of things i wrote about it yesterday actually uh some of my big takeaways so we'll definitely touch on those next but i, I would like to hear you guys' thoughts on, on what your overall thoughts were of the series it feels like kind of like a weight has been lifted, right? I mean, the Hurricanes have finally managed to knock off 
the team that's probably given them the most trouble over the last three years. I mean, 2019, that group just wasn't ready. 2020, it was pretty apparent that group wasn't ready either. And, you know, now you come into this year's playoffs where you have a lot of questions about whether this team is, is built the proper way to finally get over that hump and, you know, finally beat that Bruins squad that's been such a thorn on their side over the years. Mind you, you know, it's not quite the same Bruins team anymore. They are getting a little older. They have lost some of the guys that have, you know, helped them to success over the past few years. But I said before the playoffs, I thought that, you know, the Hurricanes finally being able to beat the Bruins would be probably the biggest hurdle for them to clear because it feels like now that they've finally gotten past them, they they can it feels like they can beat anybody to me. That's why I was kind of hoping we would draw the Bruins in the first round because it was it was kind of a situation where, you know, we're going to have to beat these guys if we want to get to the promised land. So just bring them on right away and, you know, let's either get let's get them out of our way or, you know, end our suffering and, and send us home kind of kind of deal, you know. <laughs> so I, I'm pretty happy with where we're at. I mean, it took game seven. It uh, took a lot of guts. It was a great performance by the team. They, they finally persevered and, 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 and got it done. I mean, Rod Brindamore. He, he made he made the necessary adjustments, I guess you could say, in Game 7, bringing in Stevie Lorenz. He, he brought the energy. I'll single out Antti Ranta as probably my standout performer of the series because, you know, you lose Freddie Anderson, who was probably a top-five goalie in hockey this year, and you're going into the playoffs where you have a guy who, you know, Ranta has a lot of talent, but he, he's been on the Coyotes. You know, he doesn't have that playoff experience that you would hope for. So there was kind of some question marks there. Um, and even even Koshetkov came in and, and played well when he needed to. So um, I, I think there's been a lot of good standout performances, you know, and the thing, the thing that, that I've kind of been thinking about going into the next series is, you know, you've had some underwhelming performances as well from guys like, you know, I, I don't want to have to single anyone out, but, you know, Marty Natchez probably hasn't done what you wanted up till game seven. Max Domi gave you basically nothing, you know? So I, I, I just, I think there's still a lot of room to grow as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I do think pretty good series from the Hurricanes overall. But, you know, they, they do have some more that they can get from some guys. They can probably play better. PK can be a little better. The power play can be a little better. Um, so, yeah, good series overall. But, you know, still some room to grow. And that's that's pretty exciting moving forward. Yeah, that was actually something I talked about a lot in my article was, you know, it kind of depends on how you look at it. Glass half full or half empty. But mm-hmm. the Hurricanes, you know, I don't think Ajo was that great overall. I don't think Terry Botarabinum was great until game seven. I don't think Andre Sveshnikov had a great series. So all these guys, you don't really expect them to continue struggling. And I think they're, they're kind of due for a big series, to be honest with you. Just knowing the competitive fire those guys have, like they're kind of built for these kind of moments. We're used to seeing them step up like this, right? Or in situations like this, not like this. But I, I think we're kind of... I just feel like it's a better matchup against the Rangers. This may be getting a little ahead of ourselves here, but I, I don't think the Hurricanes are really built to handle such a well-structured defensive team as well as they are to, you know, the Rangers are a very wide-open, high-flying team. So if the Hurricanes stay out of the penalty box, I think that's a team that they can, you know, better take advantage of, essentially. Um, but on the bright side, you know, all those guys weren't playing, you know, not at their A-plus level, We've spoken about this all year, the depth of the Hurricanes, right? You have so many different guys that can step up. It's like one guy doesn't play that well. You have 17 other guys, and a couple of them are bound to. 
Well, who had Max, Max Domi, Domi as a game team. seven hero, right? Exactly. Max Domi has his game. Nino Niederreiter was awesome early on. He was a little quieter later, but he was still very good, especially in, in a defensive role like the Jordan Stalline plays. Um, you know, it just kind of ebbed and flowed. Like different guys in different games have big moments. So that's, you know, speaks to the depth of this team. And it's one of the biggest reasons I think they can make a very deep run this year. Yeah, I think the team's depth is really solid. I think um, you got the best out of the Jordan Stahl line in this series, which I think is going to help. Boston's a heavier team, and they're a team that takes away space because they're so big. They're not overly quick, um, which is why I think the Canes might not have an easier time against the Rangers because the Rangers have a lot of scoring talent. I still think for the most part, it's just Zabanajad, Panarin, Fox, like those types of players, but they're a lot quicker of a team, but at the same time, the Canes can get more out of that Ajo line. I think, like you said, Nino Niederreiter was really good early on. Um, And that line was always consistent, if not like, you know, they were just one of the better teams, even in the losses, um, which, I mean, I don't know if you guys heard, but apparently playoff hockey doesn't start until you win on the road, which is a stupid take. Um, see, the thing I, I tweeted take from this, a stupid person. Portland well, yeah, I, I tweeted this today, like people from and it's not just the north. It's people from more, quote, traditional hockey markets. They love to shit on southern hockey fans because they legitimately hate that hockey is thriving down here so it's like any chance that you can take to basically try and take away the legitimacy of southern hockey fans like people are going to take it and it's all you have to do is just watch a hockey game here you go to a hockey game and be like oh yeah this this is legit these fans are excited they know about the game and the other take, it's like, oh, hillbillies down here. I'm like, clearly you've never been down here because half of the triangle, if not more, is people that have relocated from a variety of other states. They're New Yorkers! Usually, usually from the Northeast. So just like, I, I wouldn't take it too personally because these folks just hate seeing hockey thrive down here. And they hate that a lot of their teams are just wallowing in mediocrity i mean the guy who said something about like what in the barney fife hillbilly is this i'm like dude you're a mets broadcaster like it should be punishment enough for you to have to cover the mets on a regular basis why don't you stay out of this one like please but Anyways. I actually never saw the, the, the tweet itself. Yeah, I don't what, think what? I've seen it either. I just uh, I just saw Kane's Twitter losing their mind about yeah, it. Me too. But well, I was the like dude, the dude just like So it, wait, did, did they did they classify all Hurricanes fans or just people well, from so NC? It's, it's say, am I am I included in this? That's well, what I want He know. was he was mad am, am about, I a hillbilly? He was mad about the fact that people from out of state could not buy tickets to the Hurricanes game. I know about that part. But the hilarious thing is a ton of other sports teams do it. Mike Sunheim today in a hilarious tongue in cheek moment, actually literally went to the Yankees page to try and buy tickets for a game between games three and four in New York. 
and was not allowed to because he does not live in that area. So it's like, this is a major sports team in New York, one of the most well-known sports teams in the world that does this. So it's just hilarious because like, I feel like as a Southern team, the legitimacy of our fandom, of our team and everything is always going to be held under a microscope because we're not from a quote traditional market. And for us, we're just, I honestly feel like we just kind of have to, we can't ignore it because it's just so obnoxious and the people who do it are always the loudest, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, like we can rest easy knowing that we're intelligent hockey fans. We're passionate about the game, passionate about the team. Like that's it. I don't have time for that stuff anymore. Like I just, I'm not even going to engage honestly. Like, the the thing the thing that that made me laugh was I've seen somebody tweeted it out I'm not sure I don't remember who but someone tweeted out and they said you know the Hurricanes did this exact same thing for round one you know they 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 put the same limitations on the round one tickets so like it, it's not like this is something new you know it's just now the Rangers fans have a problem with it where I guess Boston fans didn't didn't put up the same stink but it it's they said it's been going on for for years beyond just you know this year it's something the hurricanes have done dating back the last few years because you know why not give your own fan base a shot at the tickets first right it's it it's just common sense um and i'm i'm gonna be honest like as you see canes fans packed pnc arena so the demand from out-of-state people like what you could do and like this could legitimately happen as a bunch of out of state fans just buy up all the tickets and either don't sell them or put them up on the resale market for a ridiculous price. Like every, I'm sure every sports team would do this. Like all you got to do is just like, you know, sell it to whoever in the area, let whoever come like seriously, like there's no way to tell if you're a Rangers fan or a Canes fan. Right. But like, it's, it's again, just so, so dumb, right? Like you want your own fans to be there. You don't want just a bunch of out-of-state fans buying up all the tickets because half of them probably wouldn't make it down anyways, you know? <clears throat> right. I don't know. I think, I think the discourse on it is stupid as hell. That's just my take. Right, guys, uh, before we move on to talk about the Ranger series, Tracking the Storm is a proud part of the Hockey Podcast Network. So we're going to take a second, get a quick word from DraftKings. Hockey fans, the pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes wherever you get our podcast for important details and we're back 
Well, let's move on. Let's talk about the Rangers series a little bit. Um, so I, I guess some of the biggest stories in this, for me anyway, um, they're obviously playing against Igor Shosturkin, who's going to win the Vezina Bez- this year. He was just named as a finalist. Um, for some reason, Freddie Anderson wasn't, but we're, we probably already had that conversation. Hell, I don't even remember. But anyway, um, I, I think he's definitely shown some cracks uh, toward like down the stretch at the end of the year. He had a very, very good first two games of the last series against Pittsburgh. He was awesome. He had like an 83 save game in that uh, multiple overtime game. Um, and then he was awesome in game seven as well. But he also had some pretty shaky nights. I think he gave up six goals one game, and then I think he got yanked in another. Um, so one of the biggest things I'm looking for tomorrow night or tonight when you guys are hearing this, the Hurricanes need to get to him. I think they need to set the tone early and dent his line very, very early on. I think that could set the tone for the entire series. And the other thing is, you know, it's something that we – it hasn't reared its head too much. Um, the Bruins definitely made the Hurricanes pay on some penalty kills in this, or on some power plays in the series. But all year long, we talked about the discipline issues. And I think the Hurricanes have done okay with that for the most part, especially with stuff like after the whistle. I think they've done a really good job of, like, skating away um, and not getting, like, egged into a penalty. But this is another power play that you don't want out there a lot because the Rangers have a very, very good one. So those are definitely two of the things that, at least early on, you know, we never know how exactly these things are going to turn out. But before the season or series starts, that's definitely two things that I'm looking towards that could be big factors in the series. I agree. Um, for me, I, my biggest concern in this series is probably Igor Shosturkin. And it's kind of for the opposite reasons that you named Brandon. I mean, yeah, we saw that he had a few struggles in the first round against Pittsburgh, but you know, he, for me, he's just way too good of a goaltender to continue struggling like that. You know, it almost scares me more that he struggled because you know, he's going to figure it out at some point and he's just going to become unbeatable, you know, that, and that's what really scares me because there's not, there's not really a lot of goalies that can steal a game as consistently as him. Um, And, you know, in the playoffs, it's all about having your goaltender get hot at the right time. And he hasn't got hot yet, you know, so you always have that possibility of where he he could just win the series on his own. Um, And I think, you know, you you can you look at these teams, the way they're built. I, I think at five on five, the Rangers will probably be able to compete more than Boston did. I mean, these teams both play with a lot of pace. They play with a lot of skill. Um you know, the Rangers have some very good puck moving defensemen like Adam Fox, Ke'Andre Miller. I mean, they, I, I just I think they're more suited to giving the Hurricanes trouble at even strength, you know, probably more than the Bruins did. And then you got to factor in as well. You know, if you if your teams are so evenly matched at five on five, then it's probably going to come down to, like Brandon said, special teams and the Hurricanes penalty kill maybe it wasn't quite as good as it was during the, they had the number one ranked kill during the regular season. And, you know, Boston found ways to kind of break them down. Mind you, the hurricanes took a lot of stupid and unnecessary penalties, which you're going to have to avoid against a power play as strong as New York's. Um, But straight up, just the power play needs to be a lot better. The hurricanes power play, if, if they are as inconsistent as they've been all year and, and, you know, at, at key moments in, in the series against Boston, what was it? Game, six game six when they were 0 for four in the second period and then 
Boston came on, on their one power play and scored. And that was the game right there. Yep. If the Hurricanes power play plays like that, you're going to be shooting yourself in the foot, you know, and, and you're going to have to, you're, you're going to really have to dig deep and try and win the five on five battle. So I, I think, you know, the key is definitely winning the special teams battle and finding a way to make sure that Igor Shesterkin doesn't get hot enough to steal the series from you. And, you know, only God knows how you do that. So Shesterkin's a great goalie and obviously going to win the Vezina this year. But I don't know if I'm worried about him as much as I should be. I just, I, I think that, he's I'm looking more worried you, about man. it if this that, wasn't like a trend. Like, I, the Canes have he made can get him. hot in a heartbeat, absolutely. But I just feel like that's why I said the Hurricanes need to get to him early. Don't the Canes don't let made crop. him look human during yeah. the regular season? The I Hurricanes think he did, yeah. Started in three of the four games. I know Georgiev got the shutout, but <laughs> in that game, the Canes still dominated. And it just came down to one bounce. Seriously, that's what it was. So I think with, with Shesterkin, he, he doesn't concern me as much. Special teams, I agree. That's going to be how the series is won. The Canes, I think, are the better team at even strength. I think their power play is the – I think their penalty kill is going to be fine – I hope it's not used as much as it was in the Boston series, <laughs> but the power play is the biggest concern because there were some times where the power play looked great and didn't score. There were some times where, I mean, I think all the times the Canes scored pretty quickly on the power play, if I'm not mistaken, but the times when the power plays either drew out, it was either really good or really bad and something needs to change i don't know if it's it's not necessarily personnel i think they need somebody dedicated to running the power play because for a lot of the times when the power play looked bad it was because they could not get to the middle and they did not get below the goal line you had svechnikov and either aho or taravainen on the opposite circles and then d'angelo up at the top and those three players would be the only players to touch the puck that happened, I know for a fact, at least three power plays in game four. I want to say every other game, it was pretty much just kind of hit or miss, right? But I've noticed when the power play looks really bad, it's because they don't utilize the two players in the middle and they don't touch the area below the goal line. Like You've got to get the defender's eyes moving. You've got to change the viewing angles and make the defenseman actually move because yeah, Derek Forbert had a ton of block shots in that series. Cause he, he didn't have to move. Like you said, he didn't have to, I was just about to say he, he was on the weak there. side. He just waited for them to pass it and try to one time it. He yep. just stood there. He's just going to stand in front of Svechnikov. Svechnikov exactly. is going to take a one-timer into his shins. I mean, the dude's shins are probably in a million pieces right now, <laughs> but like, I mean, I'm going to be honest, man, Svech, physically had a great series but i need to see more from him because i feel like the only game where he was good was in game six he okay no that's not true he was he was really good in game two he was physical and you know but the problem is like if svetch isn't contributing offensively usually he's not really doing much defensively so he's just kind of a neutral impact player and we just the point is we need to see more from him and 
Aho needs the Canes need to find a way to get the Aho line going on the road because it was ridiculous how bad that line was in Boston. Uh, I, I would imagine it's a matchups thing, but the coach said no. And I, I, I literally don't know what else it could be then because it's not like Ajo gets into Boston and forgets how to play hockey. Well, uh, game six, it looked like he did, but right. uh, I'm not I, assuming I he was banged up. I still think he was up. a little concussed, honestly. Yeah. Well, the Chicago Wolves are on to the next round, though. That's pretty exciting. I mean, they swept the uh, Rockford Ice Hogs, which probably was the better matchup because I think if Texas won that series um, – might have been a little closer because uh, Texas has been one of those teams that's kind of been up and down this year when they've played the Wolves. Either it's been a really good Wolves win or a really bad loss. So I think Rockford is one of those teams that Chicago matches up really well against. The team's been kind of banged up. Not all of their top players are the most consistent. And Jack Drury was, I believe, tied for second on the team in points with four points in those three games, along with Joey Keane, who had four assists. So the Wolves are looking really good. Uh, We're getting into playoff hockey. Obviously, it's one round against a team that, you know, barely made the playoffs, but it's a promising start. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I didn't actually personally watch any of it, but I I am excited to see. I I wonder if Kachikov is going to, well, if Anderson ever comes back, I mean, I, I feel like that's get that situation is getting kind of weird because yes, they keep saying like, oh, when he gets back on the ice, blah blah blah. But I keep like expecting that to happen, and it's just not. So I, I don't, I don't know what the timetable is for Anderson at this point. Obviously, nobody does, but uh, yeah. But, so I keep kind of thinking like, oh, I'd love to see Kochekov get back down there and lead that team to a Calder Cup, but. Hell, he might not be going anywhere, to be honest. Yeah, and, you know, at at what point do you kind of consider here that, hey, you know, Freddie Anderson, he hasn't played hockey in a month. I mean, I think his last game was April 16th. I'd have to double check, but listen, it's been a month since this guy's played. You're in the second round of the playoffs now, and and Antti Ranta is playing really well. You know, at what point here do you, like, just officially give Ranta the reins and say, hey, you know, it's your time to, to take over here, and... And, and see where he can take you because, I, I mean, he's been lights out good, especially on home ice. But I think at some point you've just – you've got to commit to him being the guy here. Um, and be, like because you, you can think back to last year, you know, they, they kind of flip-flopped back and forth, Nadelkovic and then Morozik. When he finally came back, he went in as well. And, you know, he, he provided a big spark. I think it was game th- game four against Tampa Bay. He was lights out. And then, you know, it all yeah, kind of Marasic fell apart. Yeah, had the only win that series, I want to say. Yeah, and then it, it, it fell apart after that. And, you know, do you want a repeat of that where, you know, I get why they did they went back to Marazic last year because, you know, Nedeljkovic, it just, you know, he was kind of overmatched. He was young. He's inexperienced. And, you know, the, the Lightning just figured him out quickly. But Antti Ranta is 32. He's got all the experience. And he just played out of his mind in round one. So at what point do you guys think that, hey, you know, it's just time to fully commit to Ranta here and let's see where he can take us? The well, tricky also, part about are, that are we is, Are we there yet? You got to pick – you got to – Anderson got you here and had yeah. one of the best seasons in Hurricanes history. So I, I understand the sentiment, but – 
the I don't know. biggest that's, that's a tricky conversation and it's a decision i'm glad i don't have to make just put it that way <laughs> yeah i'm with you on that the biggest concern that i have is historically when anderson is coming back from an injury he has not been the same player and that's been echoed by people in toronto i'm sure that's been echoed by people in anaheim i don't really i'm not really as plugged in with their fan base um but just even seeing Anderson playing in Toronto when he's come back from an injury, he has not been the same player. And you factor in Alex, like you said, the fact that he hasn't played now in over a month. I just, if you work him back slowly and then eventually get him back into game games. Awesome. But we're also having this conversation. He hasn't even skated yet. So I mean, it's very possible that he does not come back this season, regardless of whether or not the Canes make it further in the playoffs or not. I mean, he hasn't played in a month. He hasn't even started skating in a month. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things where he's aggravated something. The Canes know that Ronta is at the top of his game right now. You've got Kochekov, who is, shown that he can at least hold his own at the NHL level. Obviously, you know, the issues with rebound control and, you know, whatever, like, yes, we get it. Young goalie stuff. Yeah. But you at least have a goalie where push comes to shove round to gets hurt again or whatever. You can put him in and not be like, we're, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, let's be honest, like Kochekov won game two. Kane's played pretty well in front of him, but he still made some pretty big stops. And I mean, he, he has to play in game three and the Canes look awful in game three. So I can't really fault him for that game, you know, but um, I would, I would have to say that unless Anderson proves that he can be at the top of his game, if, and when he comes back. But how do you do that? Like, you can't do that in practice. Like that's, that's the problem. It's like, sure. I think I think if he comes back and like say the Canes are up like two nothing in the series or something like that, right? Sure. Maybe give Anderson game three, see what happens. Rod's not going to do that. Yeah, probably not. But you have the option to maybe if the Canes like go up like three three one in a series or something like three not three nothing they lose the game four. Maybe you try and bring him back, but. <sighs> I mean, even I, I didn't, I just thought of this, like, you know, Rod does not change the lineup. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. So, no, like, you don't mess with a winning lineup in the playoffs. That's why and, I think, well, you know, he doesn't I, mess with a winning lineup period. He doesn't, yeah. He doesn't really <laughs> mess with a losing one either, to be honest. <laughs> not yeah, much. That's what, like, There's I, only I, so much you can do. I'm, I'm kind of in the mind frame now where like, I think if we see Anderson, it's because we're going to be in like the hurricanes are going to be in a situation where, you know, it's kind of becoming do or die Yeah. where it's because, you know, it, if they're up to nothing in the series, they're not going to take Rant out because right. he's winning games, obviously. And, you know, so if we see Anderson, it's probably because they're either trailing in the series or because I don't know, maybe Ronta gets injured and it's kind of like, you know, you're calling for Anderson to come in and save the day, you know? So I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that Ronta can just, maybe, you know, replicate a Binnington from a few years ago or, you know, Anton Hudobin and just get on a ridiculously hot streak where he brings the Hurricanes where they want to get. 
Well, I, I mean, anything... I look like my one of my like bold predictions preseason. Like I know this is forever. You guys probably don't remember that it was that Ronta ends up being the guy. Oh yeah, yeah so was that? mine. Yeah. So was mine in, in the summer, man. I I thought Ronta would end up being the number one, and well, I mean, here we are. It, it was here a regular are. season prediction, but you know. You can just stretch that a little bit and just say I was right. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that Ronta's the guy. Anything short of like Ronta losing a limb would probably mean he starts in all the games moving forward. Unless, like we said, Anderson comes back and something happens. You know? Yeah, I think Ronta has to like really shit the bed or. Uh, maybe like Alex said, like he comes back and the Canes are down like two nothing in a series. Maybe then, maybe. But like I don't know, man. He's been really good in that first round. That's probably the best I've seen him play all year. You know, and he was solid throughout the year. But that I was mean, definitely a higher level. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he just even in Game Six, man. When when the Hurricanes were just like the game was over, but that that save I think he made on was it Marchand. In the third good. period, I mean, just ridiculous, man. Like he's just he's elevated to a whole new level. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think that the team isn't going to make many changes. I would be shocked if really anything changed from next round, including the lines. Um, because I mean, look at it. You got a ton out of Trocheck last series. Yeah, that was the best he's played all year. Yeah, absolutely. So. I don't know. I think it's going to be fun because we've got Rangers South versus Rangers North. I mean, we've got, what is it? Uh, Ronta, Faust, Shea, D'Angelo, Smith. Step on. Step on. May or may not. Step on. (laughs) Maybe. Is that it? Yeah, it's six. That was a six. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't think I really have anything else to say. I know we wanted to keep it relatively short this week, and I, I would say that we have. Um, yeah, that way I can get it out quick tomorrow. Yeah. I know. I was going to say, I am still recovering from Sunday. We drastically underestimated how much there is to do after you get married. So <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and make myself a bagel because we've had so many bagels left over from the morning of the wedding. Nice. I wish I'm I had just, food. Um, <laughs> folks, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen to us this week. Next week, we have a very exciting guest coming on. Uh, still not entirely sure if it's going to be just me or if it's going to be Brandon and I, but either one of us or the two of us will be sitting down with Hurricanes Assistant General Manager Darren York to talk about, you know, sort of the upcoming draft. Everything. Yes, more based on the the amateur side of things. And I mean, you know me, the prospects. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to be geeking out the whole time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, stay yeah, tuned looking forward for that. to that one for sure. Hey, also, by the time you guys are hearing this, turn on 99.9 The Fan because I'm probably going to be on for the second time. Wednesday, 4 o'clock. Or actually, I don't know the exact time, but around then. <clears throat> well, please check out for that as well, folks. And I mean... It may not be a great time to be a Bruins fan in Boston, but here in Raleigh, it's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan.